Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, hello. How's your uh, how's your battleground going? Let's get a live update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's going fine. Good. There's seven seconds left in my buy phase. I'm about I don't know to what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, like we were. Uh, I so full context here. I don't know if Jocelyn, you probably figured I'd. I'd I'd let you like slide under the radar with this one, but I think this oh is yeah, fun. totally yeah, <laughs> that would have been the professional thing to do. But like we've only got one game to talk about and some news, uh, so yeah, you, you I was ten minutes late. So you're throwing me under the bus? Yeah, Not really Ryan was late, guys. Ryan I was, was late. late. <laughs> I was leading with the fact that I was late, and I was playing the game we're going to talk about later on in the show, telling lies, and I'm like, I'm just going to watch the credits so I see if I got a different ending because I've just been hammering keywords in that'll all make sense later on. And uh, I got back and I didn't know uh, Battlegrounds took uh, take that long. I've never done it before. So you, you're doing your buy phase. Uh, Bob, you've you've flipped him some coins. His name yep. Bob. His name is Bob. His name is Bob. Yep, Bob the bartender. Right. Yep. <laughs> so it's like auto chess essentially. So buy the buying phase is the only time in which you need to pay attention, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah, because it's it's automatic combat after that. So okay, so now yeah. now you're out of the buy phase. So we should we should start. <laughs> except now i'm back into another oh, you're, buy you're buying the back of the buy phase you, you took so long but it's totally fine oh uh, this is fun um i didn't actually mean to do that i just i didn't know how to start uh start the cold open but hey this works so yeah it uh, totally works we were gonna do so we're gonna do telling lies later on right because we are yeah because we want to talk yeah we want to talk full spoilers because it's a game that i played and i was like ryan and i were talking a little bit about it before the show I'm actually having a lot of trouble remembering like mm. what I saw, what I didn't saw, let's <laughs> see, like what my endings were, how the whole game even ended and what epilogues I got, all this kind of stuff. So it's uh yeah, it's really it's an interesting game. And I think I enjoyed it more than you did, just based totally on the fact that you played her story and I didn't. Mm. So this was the first time I kind of played a game like this. So I think maybe you might have been a little bit more like picky about it because you already had had the experience i guess whereas it was totally new for me so it had that kind of like a extra appeal i guess like yeah it was, it was a new hotness to me i think so you know that makes sense i think her story was if this makes sense it's a little more linear even though it's the same mechanics of searching through a, a database of video whereas in this one it's it's a one-sided conversation so not only are you having to guess the keywords you're having to match up the conversations and piece together the story one half at a time. Mm -hmm. And and I found sometimes you'd find the whole conversation right off the map by finding one specific keyword, like funeral. And then uh, other times you'd find one half and then you wouldn't find the other half until maybe three or four sessions later. And then you're, you're having this sense of deja vu where it's like, oh, right, I remember the other half, but I don't like... It all it it all sits there and you, you're remembering it, but it's not as uh, it's not as straightforward as her story was, where you search mm -hmm. funeral and then everything pops up and you're getting the full clip, as opposed to only right half. the bits and pieces. Yeah, Which, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they must have filmed it with um, like everybody. Like they must have filmed both sides of a Skype call. Like otherwise, the acting in this is just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they they would have had to film this all at once. And and again, like even even the idea of filming this sort of filming both sides of the conversation at once is still a cool concept to me because sometimes 
there are one-sided conversations where it's strictly surveillance and the guy's in the car or whatever. And then there's other moments where he's having a conversation in his hometown. The main character, David's having a conversation with his wife, Emma, and they're very much in a different location, but they're reacting to what's happening in each, each other's locations and stuff. Like she's brushing her teeth and he's just sitting on the couch. I mean, it's, it's kind of neat that they, they, they would have had to film it at the same time. Maybe they even did it on, they constructed sets and they were all literally in the same room using the same Wi-Fi or whatever, just to make sure they got it. But <laughs> to get the, to get the, that side of the story, the development side of this, to know how they did that, I'm sure it would be a quick Google search or whatever, but I'd be really interested to know like what went into making this game. And I saw like the main actor, uh, uh, the guy who looks like Tom Hardy, but isn't Tom Hardy. Yeah, the guy I thought was Venom, but then he totally wasn't. <laughs> he's, he, but he is, and I know, and I'm having a deja vu but he conversation is in stuff. here. Yeah. He is in a, in a, he's, he's in a movie that just recently came out, and I know Belanger, our mutual friend, has spoken highly of it. And it's, it's one where he's, I can't even remember the name of the movie, but I'm going to describe it, and everyone's like, I got to Google this right now, and it'll pop up immediately. So it's a movie where the main actor is the same guy as, as the main actor in Telling Lies, and he plays, he's a paraplegic, but he gets an AI chip put in his, attached to his spine, and then all of a sudden, he could do, like, cool uh, karate and fighting moves, and he becomes sort of like a weird, <laughs> not a vigilante, but, like, it's like a fish-out-of-water sense where, where he has to give the AI, you know, permission to control his body, and he can, and then he can move normally, and he's, like, doing weird super cool flips and moves I was gonna say, yeah he can move normally except for the fact where he can do super cool karate stuff he couldn't do before <laughs> yeah yeah but it's but it's totally it's it's like the matrix right except he he's not controlling himself i'm not explaining <laughs> i didn't see the movie i saw the trailer it's really it looks really good you should go see that movie as well as play telling lies which we'll get back to that was sort of the yes, preamble. We will, yeah, we'll talk full spoilers after we uh, go through the news in mm -hmm. case uh, you guys do want to play it. Because I feel like it's, first of all, a little bit hard to explain because you do get the story in so many different pieces and everyone gets it in a different order. So even, you know, like trying to explain like the plot of telling lies is really difficult. But also I feel like there's a few kind of like big reveal moments that mm -hmm. if you know them ahead of time it kind of spoils the game a little bit like the overall story it is very much about the journey not the destination because like the overall story is a i was gonna say a simplistic plot but it's it's kind of complicated but you know it's, it's like if you just if, but... if you just talk about like the the overarching story then it's it's not it doesn't really sound all that interesting mm-hmm but then if when you actually get into like how stuff happens and conversations you get to overhear like that, that's where I think the interest in the game lies. So that's some of the stuff that we'll talk about um, in a little bit. And like I say, because that's where kind of the interest in the game comes from. If anyone does want to play it, I want you guys to be able to just basically like stop the podcast and, you know, go play for yourselves before you uh, hear us spoil everything. So yeah. we're going to start with news. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have a few stories for you guys this week. Uh, first of all, this one actually came out right before we or right after we recorded last week. Uh, there was a U.S. federal court that has officially declared that being muted in a game does not violate your civil rights. And I think that there are quite a lot of people that are kind of like, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this apparently 
was a big enough deal to make it all the way to a federal court. So uh, basically what happened was there was this court case that went and it was um, very specifically had to do with um, RuneScape was the game. So uh, for March and April in 2019, the plaintiff was muted by, uh, I guess, the company that makes RuneScape. And so he basically just filed a lawsuit against them, <laughs> saying that uh, they were violating, discriminating against him and violating his free speech. And so now <laughs> we have an official, like, court ruling <laughs> saying that, yeah, guys, guess what? <laughs> Companies are not the government. Therefore, free speech doesn't actually apply. <laughs> right it's it's interesting i wonder this opens up not necessarily a can of worms for for you know companies but more a can of worms for this discussion in the sense okay you're looking at runescape which isn't a platform it's a game to communicate with other people and i mean that's probably where he's coming from is that he's he's having his communication tools you know stripped away from him but you're right like it's not a it's not a state owned platform therefore it it does not you know the first amendment does not apply here however right. if they applied this to other companies that aren't necessarily state run wasn't there an argument about you know uh i don't think it's been held up in court yet or it's been challenged in court but something about social media like if you take away someone's platform on twitter or facebook because that's such a large platform and it is about sort of communicating to the open world does that is that on the same page here or is that a completely different no of... well the thing is the thing about free speech is that it, it literally is like is the government punishing you by removing your or like uh, basically by jailing you for mm -hmm. for saying something and there are some things that are not covered by that like you know hate speech for instance um so some things just straight up are not considered free speech um, so there's, you know, that right off the bat, like, what the heck did you do to get yourself taken off a big social media network like Facebook or Twitter? Because, I mean, with the stuff that is on there and still on there and accounts not getting banned, like, I mean, you got to be pretty freaking bad to get perma banned off of one of those sites. So, like, right there, if you are, like, perpetuating anything, any kind of hate speech, anything like that, then you know, uh, you wouldn't be protected anyways, mm -hmm. but, or your like your free speech wouldn't be protected anyways. But, um, when it actually comes to like Facebook and social media, I think what some people are trying to do is essentially have that or like have access to those services as human rights or constitutional rights. And we've seen something like this in the past, uh, where different countries around the world have actually stated that access to the internet is a human right or a constitutional right, depending on the country. And they've basically done that for the reason that you're talking about, Ryan, uh, is that, you know, like access to information, access to communication, like these things are becoming more and more integral in our day-to-day -day lives to the point that some countries have said, like internet access is, you know, up there with like, for instance, like, in Canada, our heat and electricity, even if we don't pay our bills, can't be turned off between the months of like, I think it's like December and March or something like that, because it's too cold. So people can actually die. 
So yeah. you're not allowed to turn those utilities off, even if the bill remains unpaid. And so it's that sort of um, protection that um, some countries have given the Internet. And so if you kind of expand that, and, and I'm not sure, like you said, I don't know if this has actually gone to court or anything like that, but um, I feel like social networks would be an extension of that. And you might see more countries, including the states, actually like put this kind of legislation forward to, to ensure access to the Internet for all of their uh, citizens. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm like, for all of the people that live the in the people. place they, with the stuff. Yeah, uh, citizens. Like access to internet is is an important thing because uh, we look at some countries who will actually shut off the internet in in times of uh, where they don't want civil information unrest. To spread. Yeah. yeah, they don't exactly. want information to spread. Uh, most of the time, for for, for bad reasons, uh, in the sense that they don't want people to be able to coordinate. Um, there's been plenty of examples uh, on that. Um, but yeah, with this specific instance in RuneScape, I don't know if RuneScape is a human right. Uh, but I do believe that... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't think it would fall <laughs> under any sort of rights protection. <laughs> exactly, but this is great because honestly, he, he deserved to be muted because he was being a bad player. He was he was corrupting sort of the, the community, right? So by muting him, they put him in a... They literally put him in his place. They didn't ban him from the game. They didn't take any money from him. They just said, hey, if you can't get along with anybody, then no one's going to hear you. It's, uh, yeah, it's like a Black Yeah, go sit in the corner episode. and think about what you've done. Yeah, I think there's literally a Black Mirror episode about that, but um, there's one about everything. Uh, but it's it that's it. This is good because again, now other companies can just maybe they'll be a little like a little more controlling in the sense that when someone is being uh, a terrible person online and they are they do have multiple reports and they can look at the chat logs and see this is a not a one off time where they just had a bad day or someone came in and, and pushed them over the edge. This is someone who just is always an asshole. Well, great. Let's mute this guy. Uh, we have precedent here uh, where we know we're not going to get in trouble. I mean, I see this too, you know, having worked in social media for a very long time. And again, I don't want to keep making the comparison between Facebook and RuneScape, but it kind of works the same way in the sense that when you, when you have someone and you mute someone, it, you have to kind of think like, okay, what are, what are the reactions to this, to this muting and and you know is there something here that i that i need to be more uh, aware of before i do this action now runescape and other games they don't have to care they can kind of just look at this and it's like well we, we can prove that you're a bad person so we're going to mute you or put you in a you know a bad community some i think overwatch does that or here's the storm maybe did that where if you were bad all the time they put you in a in a in a in a different queue with yeah. different people yeah yeah I think that's also a great idea. Like, um, I do like the idea of muting, but sometimes it's nice to just put all the assholes in the same room and see what happens. <laughs> it's kind of a neat, neat experiment, really. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It's uh, this is wild that a court, like a federal court, I can't actually. Yeah, had to... I mean, I can't believe that this actually like went anywhere. But I yeah. guess like if you if you file, uh, some someone has to hear it. Uh, just man. But at least now we've got like actual legal precedent and all the rest of it. And, you know, you can point to it and be like, yeah, guys, come on, like read and understand the laws of your country, please. But if you can't hear somebody tried it, it doesn't work. 
you know, <laughs> go home. <laughs> so yeah, that I, I just thought, I thought that was a really interesting um, piece of news that happened last week, but uh, another kind of interesting piece of news. And we, and we touched on this a little bit on for Azeroth this week um, because it has to do with uh, blizzard, but uh, YouTube has now signed an exclusive streaming deal with Activision Blizzard for their esports division. So uh, Call of Duty and Overwatch are kind of like the two really big ones in, in terms of uh, the offerings from Activision Blizzard. But it does also include like Hearthstone esports. So you've got the, um, and I'm sure we'll probably end up talking about this on Angry Chicken tomorrow as well. But uh, yeah, so you've got Hearthstone esports, which is like the Grandmasters as well as the collegiate stuff. You've got uh, the Mythic Dungeon Invitational and the Arena Championships on the WoW side. So there's uh, there's quite a lot here in terms of offerings from Activision Blizzard. But like I said, Call of Duty and Overwatch are the two kind of big viewer draws right now in their in their catalog of esports. And uh, so, yeah, they're going to be streaming exclusively on YouTube. It's a multi-year deal. And they also talked a little bit about how um, the basically like Google cloud saving stuff and like their their server farms and things are, are part of this deal as well. So it kind of sounds like by bringing their esports over to YouTube, Activision Blizzard is getting a whole bunch of like servers and cloud space hmm. and technology in, in exchange. So, I mean, I'm sure that there was also probably money that changed hands. The, the deal isn't exactly public, but uh, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I remember specifically with this company, Blizzard, didn't they do uh, something with Facebook with Heroes of the Storm where it was like HGC is exclusive to, to Facebook Live or it was something along those lines um, and people were up in arms. And maybe I'm like at the end of the day, any of these exclusivity deals, if they're not with Twitch, people get upset when they're with Twitch people kind of turn a blind eye you know because twitch is the well yeah because i i do know and i'm not sure about like activision blizzard i think previously a lot of the deals were like esports specific so now activision blizzard has signed like for all of their esports to be on youtube because i remember like you say like hgc i i'm pretty sure that there was something in it's like maybe in it's like first year or second year or something and it was like you had to get it either on Facebook or on, um, oh, um, ESPN. That's it. Because it, it was like traditional cable or Facebook. And it was just like, why, Blizzard, oh, why are you doing this? Yeah, it was Heroes of the Dorm. Just so uh, uh, yeah, folks okay. to Google it. It was, from, it was from 2017, early 2017. So that's, uh, you know. So yeah, Heroes of the Dorm was exclusive. Yeah, because they Facebook do Heroes Live. of the Dorm. Basically, Heroes of the Dorm was, oh man, I used to love watching that. Yep. It was basically like their their collegiate esport that was kind of mirroring March Madness. And so they had like a gigantic, I don't even know how many colleges participate in March Madness, but I feel like it's like there's four brackets of 16. So 64 teams altogether. I think that I'll play down to one uh, in basketball. <laughs> if you guys don't know what March Madness is. Oh. Um, yeah. And here's a shut up, Ryan. <laughs> I don't. That was that was honestly maybe like three quarters realization, one quarter. No, wait, I knew that was basketball. So, <laughs> yeah. OK, so March Madness is college basketball. Well, uh, Heroes of the Dorm kind of mirrored that. There were a whole bunch of uh, teams that participated, and it was really, really fun to watch. Um, I really enjoyed it. And they always did this, like, 
big bracket where you could fill out like who you thought was going to win. And it was a competition for like skins in game and all sorts of stuff. So anyways, yes, you're right. Blizzard has uh, traditionally signed exclusivity deals. I'm pretty sure they had an exclusivity deal for I think it was the MDI because I'm pretty sure it was one, if not both of their Warcraft um, esports, as well as um, Grandmasters in uh, in Hearthstone were exclusive to Twitch um, up until this deal was signed. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm kind of interested, Ryan, because I know like I obviously watch a lot more esports than you do. But does the change in platform impact you at all? Like, are you going to go watch more because it's on YouTube now because you're in the YouTube space more often? Are you like, no, I get my games on Twitch because I'm definitely of the mindset like I get my games on Twitch half the time. I don't even pay attention to exactly what's happening every weekend because there's always an esport on the weekend on Twitch. So usually I just go and see, like, oh, what has a lot of viewers? Hearthstone, Warcraft, like what's going on? And that's where I find it. But I'm in the Twitch ecosystem. If I see that their viewership is low, I assume that there's no esport going on and I go watch one of the streamers that I like to watch. So how about you? Like, do you think that this is going to have an impact on their on their viewer numbers? Like, what what do you think? Do you think this is good, bad, I, neutral? <laughs> you know, it's it, my... I'll, I'll say this right off the bat. Like, my opinion on this probably doesn't have much weight in the sense that I don't watch esports. Uh, and when I have watched esports, the platform, as long as the platform doesn't get in the way of the content, it's it's not normally bothered me. So when you look at, let's say, um, and, and maybe this is, a, it's all about personality and, and personal taste as well. If we look at what I do watch from a streaming perspective, if it's on Netflix, that's super easy. It's on everything. If it's on Crave, which is the Canadian Hulu, I guess is the closest thing to it. Basically, yeah. That's a tougher call, right? Because the app is on specific only on specific devices. It's it's not as snappy as Netflix. So when I look at a comparison between Twitch and YouTube, to me, those are very similar platforms from a viewing experience. And but then but then I look at it the other way, and I, I see like YouTube is kind of bloated. Um, it doesn't, uh, yeah, surface. I don't even know, to be honest, I don't even know where to find mm. like live streamed games on YouTube. <laughs> I thought they shut down YouTube gaming and part of this Verge uh, right? article that they have here is like, yeah, they shut it down. However, it's still alive question mark. And I mean, it's the same thing like Facebook, like where do I go? You know, yeah. Uh, Facebook is a social media platform where I get to see, you know, updates on on, uh, you know, my friends, kids and their pets. And maybe someone went to a hockey game. Uh, you know, that's that's what Facebook is. But like YouTube is is something different. It's it's about series. It's about it's about clips from my uh, favorite podcasts, that sort of thing. But Twitch is is the live stream, right? I go to Twitch. If there's an event happening, it's on the front page. I don't need to know that it's Overwatch yeah. or Call of Duty, but I will see it front and center. So if with this deal, if I were Blizzard, unless you know they're throwing a bunch of money at me, which I'm sure they are, mm-hmm. I, I would need my fans to go to YouTube.com and see very clearly that the Call of Duty League is happening, which did uh, kick off, I think, the day this story went live. So that's my biggest thing from a gamer's perspective. If <laughs> See, I don't know... I had, I had no idea that that even happened. That's how um, well, little that... time I spend in the YouTube space, which is funny. 
because I use Google for everything else. Mm-hmm. I use Google for like, well, all the show planning that we do is in Google Drive. Like I use Google Calendar, Gmail, like everything else in my life is just totally in the Google ecosystem. It's just for whatever reason, I've never really been that into YouTube. I think that there's a lot of just ridiculous, stupid crap on YouTube. Yeah. And it's just like, there's so much garbage to wade through that I... Like, I've never taken the time to, like, curate it all in order to create an experience that I might actually want to spend some time in. Well, this- And so, which I have done on Twitch. Like, right. I, I have all of my, I've got, like, probably 150 streamers that I follow on Twitch. I enjoy pretty much all of them when they're on. And if I get to the point when I see them live a few times in a row and I don't want to watch them, then I stop following them to get them out of my feed, if you will. You know, so I I mean, like, I don't know. I just I as much as like they're saying or they're trying to push like esports lives on YouTube. I'm like, does it, though? (laughs) Does it really? Well, sure. Everyone posted the VODs on there after the fact. But yeah, live streaming just seems weird. It does. And you, if you go to, so if I go to youtube.com right now, I have an ad for their music service. I've got some recommended videos from channels I follow, which is nice. And then others that are definitely from, you know, engaging in Witcher content or Star Wars or Marvel. And then it gets a little off the rails from there. It's like, oh, uh, you've got ancient vines I watch with my grandfather. Like, I don't know how that got there. Probably watched a vine <laughs> video or something. But like, there's nothing here about about uh, gaming, like f- right off the bat, like I can't see. So you have to scroll down and go to gaming. So if I click on gaming, what what is? Am I gonna see, you know, Blizzard or Activision? And yeah, I, now that I've gone to the gaming section, the whole front section is like Call of Duty League launch week, but it's still not quite the way that Twitch surfaces their content, and that's the biggest thing for me as uh as a gamer who enjoys this type of content because we know what blizzard activision does when people aren't watching their stuff they cancel entire sections of their business (laughs) you know hgc went away because they're just what the numbers weren't there that they were liking to see so i don't know do they think this deal is going to get more eyeballs on their on their games uh i don't know i think twitch would have been the better would have been the more uh the better deal for the content as opposed to maybe the money google probably has more money to throw at them but well and like i I said what google can kind of offer although i mean amazon twitch is owned by amazon right yes it is amazon has all the same sort of tech behind them that google does in terms of like if they're looking for servers and cloud saving and you know all the rest of it then i mean amazon does all that stuff too so You would think that they would be, even if it's not a a straight up money deal, that they would still be able to potentially, you know, work something out. Um, I think it's just maybe that um, YouTube is such a big part of Google's business that maybe Twitch is just, you know, like this tiny little part of Amazon that they're not as they're not as concerned with compared to everything else that they do. So they're not really focused on it. Like it's just kind of is the industry leader, runs itself in the background. They don't have to worry about it too much, but they are starting to bleed at first content creators and now actual like full-on companies running esports. Like they're there people are leaving the platform for better deals elsewhere. So mm-hmm. as much as Twitch has always been able to, you know, flex that viewer muscle, because like I mentioned, like 
most of the esports viewers are on Twitch. It's the most popular streaming platform for games. So, you know, Amazon's always kind of had that in their back pocket. But when you get these big companies moving, I mean, that's kind of something else entirely. So maybe it's time for for Amazon to start actually caring about um, game streaming and about Twitch and, and mm. kind of curating that a little bit more because, um, yeah, these other companies are really starting to realize that there's some money to be made in gaming and they're starting to come for Twitch. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. The, the biggest example of, of Twitch appearing to not care about their base is when Ninja left. Right when Ninja well, and there's got, been a lot know. since him. Like Ninja yeah. was kind of the first big one, but I mean, like even more recently, like Disguised Toast left and didn't even leave for like a YouTube or a Mixer. He left for Facebook. Like we mentioned, Facebook game streaming. Yeah. Like that's where he went. <laughs> like sure. these these creators. I think Shroud left too. Um, he went to. Did he go to Mixer too, or did he go to YouTube? Now I can't remember. But yeah, Shroud was another really big loss for for Twitch um, because he was getting, you know, like 70, 80,000 people watching him when he would stream, if not more. Like, that's a lot of viewers. Like, even if you assume he only takes 50 percent of them, I mean, that was, you know, 40,000 people that used to be on Twitch watching Twitch you know, that just aren't anymore. So, yeah. well, they get the back end deal, uh, whatever the deal was that brought them over in the first place. So maybe a loss in viewership isn't a big deal. And he, and they, that person gets to keep making the content they love to make. And you and I, you more so who has done more streaming than I have, but really like you just change the target. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, yeah. you don't, you don't have to change anything on your side. You just change the target of your, your streaming app and you're done. And you just tweet out a different link. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or social a different link, depending on, on what platform you're using. But it's it's really that simple. And I think gone are the days where, yeah, we were I was saying earlier that YouTube has like sort of a, 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 a like a discoverability issue. Same with Facebook, every other bloated video service. I mean, outside of Twitch, uh, there's still that issue or there's still that thing of what like you know, if your if your followers are gonna come to your content, they're gonna find it. Like they're they're not gonna get lost all of a sudden when they're not going to Twitch, but having to go to Mixer or YouTube. That's not what you worry about. It's about how do you get fresh eyes, and I think Twitch has always been the one that that was easiest, right? But yeah, and the yeah. thing is, I mean, like you're you're going to lose some people by switching platforms. You just are, whether you're a creator or whether you are an actual like company. Like you're gonna lose some people. And I think that the idea is, or that YouTube is hoping for, is that with some of these big name esport events, they'll kind of introduce people like me that are used to watching esports on Twitch. They'll like grab us and pull us over and get us in that YouTube ecosystem. And then they'll grow that way. Right. And the thing about like the content creators, like they might lose a big chunk of their audience when they move. But that's why these deals are so crazy because like, Twitch is never like that I know of paid a multi-million dollar deal to any of their content creators. Like when they started Twitch, when people started streaming on Twitch and these big numbers came in, like Twitch didn't go out and say, here, insert YouTube video creator here, like have $5 million to exclusively stream on our platform for three years. Like Twitch has never had to do that before. So what's happening now is these content creators are able to essentially 
make the move and the size of their community on the new platform doesn't matter. Like they'll either build it up or they won't, but they've got these millions and millions of dollars to fall back on. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really interesting place right now. And I, I do think that it's going to be kind of fun to watch and see how this all plays out because obviously we've had this exact same conversation about Steam and the Epic Game Store and everything else that's kind of been been cropping up over the last couple of years as people try to compete with the juggernaut that is Steam in the like digital PC gaming marketplace space. And I feel like now we're seeing the same sort of thing start to happen with Twitch where these other streaming services are really starting to get a foothold and create competition. And it's only going to be good for us, the viewers, same as it's only going to be good for us, the consumers, when Steam is challenged. So I'm glad Twitch is being challenged. I hope that this is good for both sides, good for Activision Blizzard, because I, there's a lot of their esports that I consume. And I also hope it's good for YouTube, because if it's good for YouTube, it means it's bad for Twitch, and that'll make Twitch get better. So... Competition is a good thing. I'm glad this happens. I think it's a really interesting time for both um, digital marketplaces and also for uh, streaming services. So looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Yeah, no, agreed for sure. Uh, and then finally this week, there is... So we knew there was a new Torchlight game coming. That's mm -hmm. not a big surprise. What's a big surprise is that they're ditching the free-to-play model and the persistent world and all the other stupid crap. <laughs> and they're making an actual Torchlight 3, you guys. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is exciting and also a, a little bit of a bummer because the original developers, Runic Games, behind Torchlight 1 and 2, they closed in 2017. Yeah. And the the reason they closed, they said, oh, their, their parent company, Perfect World Entertainment, was looking to focus more on games as a service. So it's funny to see Perfect World Entertainment look at this Torchlight as a service game and say, oh, this is not what we need to do. We need to pivot and go back to what a traditional runic torchlight game might have been like. And man, that's got to suck for a company that just happened to close for the, you know, and then they just about face on this. And I think it makes sense. Well, but like, I mean, at the same time, though, this might open up some jobs for those developers that had to leave runic games if they do feel like they want to work on torchlight. I mean, I'm glad that these companies are starting to realize that games as a service might not actually be the be all end all of creating games and making money in this industry. Like I'm getting to the point where I am totally capped on games as a service that I can play. I play Warcraft. I play Hearthstone. I play Dead by Daylight. If you are a game as a service and you're coming out in 2020, Fuck you. No. <laughs> I don't got time for that. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure that there's probably some really great stuff, but I don't have time. And I'm so committed in terms of like time and money and community in. And I mean, even some like streaming and podcasting, all the rest of it. I'm so committed in those three games that there's none of them that I can really let fall by the wayside. So if I've got three games as a service and I want to continue playing any other game that has any sort of like one and done storyline like a single player story then like i don't i just don't have any more room for anything else in my schedule so yeah i'm super stoked because at first i was like oh man you know like torchlight game as a service like yes i just won't play that but 
now that they're talking about creating an actual Torchlight 3, now this is exciting. Now they're going to get my money. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for me, uh, where time is more limited and I look at games as service in a similar way where it's like, oh, I don't, I can't fit that into my schedule. Uh, a game is a game as a service to me is, is something I can enjoy for a month and then just listen to the news as it comes through as, you know, as they continue to support it. Uh, so when I heard about Torchlight Frontiers, it was like, oh, great, I'll play this for a couple weeks, uh, get my Torchlight fix. And because there's no end in sight, I will have to drop this sight unseen because I cannot keep up with a, a, a games as a service like this when there are so many others that, that could warrant my attention, like World of Warcraft or um or dead by daylight two games i really much very much enjoy so now that they've announced torchlight 3 is i there's an end in sight with this game so it's mm-hmm. it's much less daunting of a task to pick this up for however you know the 30 40 dollars it's going to cost me and be like i'm going to get my investment out of this because there is an ending that i can i can probably finish it there's probably an end game i don't necessarily need to experience everything but I know I'll get my money's worth in the sense that there is a finite amount of content Um, and fair content. Like, you know, when they, to me, when they take away the free to play shell world version of uh, Torchlight Frontiers and give us a linear progression system for Torchlight 3, that, that sounds great to me. That sounds like they're learning, they're learning lessons from other games where maybe, like you said, free to play doesn't always equal you know, happy, happy consumers and profit. So hopefully, well, yeah, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't have sunk any money into it. Like I wouldn't have done anything in a, in a free to play game as a service. I wouldn't have bought any cosmetics. Like they're literally going to get like 30, 40, 50, whatever dollars out of me for this torchlight three. I'm going to play it. I'm going to love it, which is going to be like, more than I ever would have spent on free to play frontiers. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I know that they're, you know, the, the ones who got on the free to play bandwagon, I think at the, at the beginning were probably onto something, but I think at this point in time, if you're trying to move to or pivot over to a free-to-play model or you know like trying to like capitalize on people like free-to-play like i can't be the only one or like we can't be the only ones who are totally tapped out on our ability to play these things and because of the free-to-play model because it's been around now for you know five six seven years however long it's been then you know, like you're getting players now that have been invested in some of these titles for like Hearthstone, like six years. I've spent six years playing Hearthstone, investing in Hearthstone. And, you know, like I'm not about to just walk away for the new hotness, whatever that happens to be in the free to play card game sphere, because Hearthstone is what I've spent my time in. Like you, you don't, walk away from an investment like that that you have to make into a free-to-play title unless it's like right at the very beginning but if you have years and years and years in some of these games as a service like it's going to be really really hard for developers to pull you away from that so i don't think launching a free-to-play title now is nearly as lucrative as it would have been back in you know the early 2010s Mm -hmm. well you just you also need a large 
audience to support a free to play initiative, yeah. right? And maybe and, and this is what I was kind of thinking is like, okay, so the, they say the feedback from the alpha testers caused them to change their their idea of what this torchlight game should be. And I think that's also really exciting to to see that sort of feedback come back and then them actually act on it. That's really cool. But I'm hoping, hoping this isn't just a way for them to like, oh, this was not going to be good free to play. Let's package it and put it out. And I, I, I hope it doesn't land with a thud. Like I, I do want this to live up to the Torchlight One and Two. I remember, and and have it be a really fun Torchlight game with updated 2020 graphics and all that fun stuff. I just hate to see this be a shell of what it could have been if it started as a you know Torchlight three proper yeah um, well we i mean they that, haven't but... they haven't given any kind of um like release date or anything like we have no idea when this was even planned like when the when the free-to-play one was planned to be released so as far well, as i know anyways it says here and well actually i think it was it's supposed to be summer and and they do say they'll sell the game on steam this summer for an undisclosed price so it sounds like they're still hitting their target they're just mm. kind of refocusing, but I could see it slipping. Like, I, I'm the amount of work I mean, to take something. Twenty twenty is the year of delays. Like everything's delayed now. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I could see them, you know, delaying it just because the amount of work required to effectively crowbar out that free to play stuff and then kind of smooth out the edges and and make it into a more linear experience. Um, that could be that could be tough, especially if you want to hide those those seams, right? That there would clearly have been there from designing it as a free to play to begin with. But I, I mean, at the end of it all, it's it's exciting that they're they want to live up to the Torchlight franchise and give us a proper sequel. Um, because I think when they announced, oh, Torchlight free to play Frontiers, everyone was like, Ugh, yeah, oh, no, no thanks. You know, like free to play is done. <laughs> I think 2018 was kind of like the cusp of it. Like before that, if you announced it, everyone's like, oh yeah, I'll give it a shot. But after that, I don't think there's been as much sort of free to play options. There's been like games as a service where it's like, this is a game, it's dead by daylight. And if it's successful, we'll keep supporting it. And then it evolves into a games as a service, Mm -hmm. as opposed to where they were leading. We're like, no, this is Torchlight as a service, right? It's going to be great. I don't think it works that way anymore. No, no, I definitely don't think it works like that. So, so yeah, keep an eye out. Um, looks like plans for this summer, but maybe later than that, we shall see. They have a lot of assets, obviously, if they had the, the um, free-to-play version ready to go. So uh, maybe, it's not, uh, maybe it's not too much of a stretch to turn it into uh, an actual successor to Torchlight 1 and 2, but we'll have to see. Uh, we'll keep following this for you guys, and we'll let, let you know if there are any updates on what Torchlight 3 is actually going to look like. Uh, but yeah, uh, hopefully we will see that this summer. So, Ryan, are you pretty much ready to, to start telling lies? Yeah, uh, I'm okay. excellent at Hearthstone. How did you do? Before we <laughs> before people jump out, what did you what did you end at with your battleground? Oh man, I had two really terrible rounds of um of store of mm-hmm. recruiting phase. And so I ended up hunting for things that I never ended up finding. So I, I ended up coming forth because I, I took 
like 30 damage in one turn from uh, Rafam. So yeah, it was it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. But uh, the other thing that we should remind you guys about is uh, if you do enjoy the content we produce, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in like Shatlux did, who is our January patron. So we are on the hunt for our February patron to highlight for our next four episodes. If you want that to be you, again, the website is patreon.com slash the gamers in. So, Ryan, mm-hmm. we are now getting into full on spoiler territory for telling lies. Yeah. Are you ready? I am ready. Uh, and I and I do want to preface we and it's we, fresh in your mind, right? Like you just finished. I over the last week uh, played uh, about nine hours of this game just because I was trying. I'm a kind of a completionist, like especially when a quirky <laughs> game comes by, and I'm I gotta I gotta see everything. Even though some of these clips are literally just people sitting silently listening, um, and I clued in about the fact that I could fast forward, you know, through people's facial expressions pretty easily without missing sort of key dialogue that would would then need to be repurposed into a search query um so that's probably why i had to play it so much is that i didn't quite clue in until the very end but um i will preface this with the fact that you know when we talk we talked pre-show about how far we want to go into spoilers and we aren't going to spoil the ending what we as the gamers in sort of feel is the is the have decided is the ending because that's that's kind of one of the things that's really interesting about telling lies is because it is kind of similar to her story, except that there are so many stories Mm -hmm. going on. There are so many characters and so many things happening that you can kind of like follow all of these trails. And so I think like, you're right. We did kind of decide on like what the ending is that we think, because it's, there's, a video clip, I believe, Ryan, you said it's the last video clip that is available in the like in the archive or whatever. Yeah. So uh, it's the last clip in the archive. And it's also the event that seems to have like set off the chain of events. And so it seems to have caused the um, NSA agent to steal the footage in the first place and take it back to her apartment and try to go through it before it's destroyed or or whatever. We're not ever actually really told why she feels that she has to steal this footage and figure out for herself what happened. But uh, whatever her reasoning is, whatever that is, it's sparked by this final video clip. So we're not going to tell you what that final event is, because I do think... um, there are a few different points in the game that are very like, oh my God, moments. And that's yeah. kind of one of them. And if you really, if you know it too early on, then I think it makes the game like not necessarily easy, but you kind of like, you lose the journey. And that's so important in telling lies. Yeah. And that's the best way to put it is just this game is about the journey and about the discovery of certain plot points. And there are other plot points that, are even to the point where I I want folks to discover that for themselves. So there are other moments I think in the game where it's like that's worth discovering on your own. And 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 then so, so there were a couple. Of, I think one in particular was when I found that moment out. And I know we said we would do spoilers except for the ending, but I kind of <laughs> also want to keep this one because it was the only one outside of the ending that really that really hit me. And so I will keep it a secret. So when I when I discovered it, I was like, oh, man. And that like launched into a bunch of other, you know, search queries as you're trying to find out anything else about what you just discovered. 
and it wasn't even what someone said it's what i saw it, was, it, it launched into this this whole thing so um that those moments in this game are really cool and i remember in her story which is the predecessor to telling lies like i said it was more of a linear experience so when you discovered something it did lead down a rabbit hole but not to the to the weirdness that with telling lies kind of led down these stray rabbit holes because i feel in telling lies like like you said there's so many characters but then there are so many different points of view that you're discovering where you might again see a point of view for the first time and then discover this the other point of view you know hours later as you're scouring this this hard drive of right and i think that that's kind of where i tripped up a little bit playing this game i kind of went through with a tactic of like I'm going to find like side A and then I'm going to look for side B. So I spent a lot of time like picking different words and stuff out of a conversation and trying to like fill in the blanks for myself in order to try to find the other half of the conversation. So I feel like I probably looked up a whole bunch of different words and then Mm -hmm. missed a whole bunch of clips because I was specifically looking for the other side of that conversation. And I think if you instead like tried to branch out a little bit earlier because I found I was almost following like one thread of one story all the way to the end to that final event. And there were all these different branches and stuff that like the way that I played the game through is I kind of followed one specific thread, found the final event and Mm -hmm. then worked my way back from the things that he said in the final video And then I kind of like went all the way backwards through the story, which was super, super crazy and disjointed even more so, I think, than had I been, you know, trying to gather like everything from, say, like April and then everything from May. And then, you know, like I just yeah, I went kind of like April, May, June, July, whatever, instead of and then went back and went like July, June, May, April, March. That's harder than I thought it was going to (laughs) be saying the months in reverse order. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, wow, I needed to flex my now, brain in a way that it doesn't Justin, normally you, flex. <laughs> you need to walk on a straight line and say the month yeah, backwards. Exactly. Well, that's, you know, like, this is probably a total tangent. Sure. But, like, I've never actually been pulled over for drunk driving, but they always say you have to, like, walk the line and touch your nose and say the alphabet backwards. I'm like, I can't walk on a straight line and say the alphabet backwards. I can touch my nose. I feel very confident in my nose touching skills, but I can't walk in a straight line and say the alphabet backwards on a good sober day. I think you <laughs> like, might need to be drunk not to test. do the alphabet backwards. <laughs> right. You know, just to like trip your brain up and to be like, no, 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 don't sing ABCs. Sing your ZYXs. Yeah. Let's go. Uh <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, so that was a you're total right. side tangent, but that kind of feels like how it is playing this game. Like sometimes you literally feel like you're trying to sing the alphabet backwards. Well, yeah, you do feel that when you're going through this, this game and, and even, so the way I processed it is that I would watch a clip bookmark whenever a keyword popped up that I wanted to search. And then I would finish the clip up. And then sometimes I would have four or five bookmarks for one clip and that essentially so i you may have played it i don't think i ever even bookmarked i was just like i had a notepad (laughs) right so and i there is a notepad in the game and i had a notepad separately as well but so it sounds like the way you played was sort of the you know the that classic gif of uh the guy from uh it's always sunny in philadelphia as he's doing the red yarn bit yeah that was your playthrough (laughs) my playthrough was 
you know, you go to in university or college, you see the, the kids with the textbooks and it's like got all the yellow stickies in it. That was how I played. Yeah, you were yellow stickies where I was crazy red strings. I exactly. Like Which kind of a metaphor for the way we live our lives as well a little bit i do have a task a catcher yeah. which has hundreds of tasks in it that will take place over the next month and it's the only way i remember to pay my bills uh, yeah i mean and i've bought like 40 hair ties in the last like month and they're all gone and i don't know where they are somewhere my life's a little bit of a messy disaster but yeah. it's like organized chaos i have a pretty good idea of what's going on yeah and and my and i just have chaos that is slightly organized so yeah. it all works out so in this game as i'm going through i'm discovering the, so i think i discovered it maybe more linearly but that's the cool part about this game is that they've designed it in a way where it is up to the player to decide so the one thing you don't want to do if you want to experience this game naturally is don't look up keyword lists don't look up the story um i think we are intentionally even though we said we were going to do spoilers we we're intentionally avoiding the the keywords that you could be searching but well i mean and maybe we should maybe we should just dive in i mean we sure. gave a spoiler warning now if they're we'll listening it. at this point all right <laughs> if you're still listening now now we'll actually start to spoil things so yeah yeah, so go ahead, I, so I will talk about the moment that I was alluding to before because I feel like that now that we've now that we have a this is the spoilers. So there is a moment where I'm searching through, and uh, there's these two characters. So essentially, you have David and Emma who are married. David goes uh, to a, a different state to to do a sort of an infiltration. Uh, yeah, he goes undercover. Undercover, thank you. And then he starts dating Ava, which is one of the one of the group members. And yeah, Ava was, it seemed like, was kind of his in with yes. this eco-terrorism group. Yeah, so you eventually find out that he, you know, he he found his mark. Uh, she was the easy one in because she had been, she'd been through some stuff. So they knew, they had profiled her, so he knew exactly how to basically get close to her. And yeah, that was the lead into the group. And there's this moment where you're searching through the clips, and then she walks through the camera. She's not even the the, the main focus, and she's pregnant. And you're thinking to yourself, like oh damn like why is she pregnant well you know we know why because yeah but <laughs> why who is the better question say, not Ryan, why. you have three children please tell me you know how that happens <laughs> not the why the who is what we're, is what i was more worried about right uh so you start trying to figure it out and eventually once you have that information that you know she's pregnant you can kind of guess out those keywords and determine yeah it's very much david's you know kid and and then you and then I started to find out, you know, there were these moments where Ava was referencing Alba. And I thought Alba is your daughter with Emma, your wife, uh, who lives back home. And then you're discovering like, wait, Ava knows about Alba. So David opened up to her. And then you're finding out later on. No, he didn't actually open up to her until she like discovered that Alba existed because Alba had called David mm -hmm. and. Ava had answered and Alba's like, oh, you're, you're daddy's baddie family. And which is totally a kid move. Uh, like the kid <laughs> doesn't understand what they're doing, but it's, it's one of those things where it's just, this game is all about for the first part of it, you're pushing this boulder up a hill where you're literally typing in keywords and watching these long clips, which some are not that entertaining, but others very much are. And then you all of a sudden get that boulder over the cliff, which happens sooner than you than you realize. 
it's a slow start and then it just starts to roll down and you're, you're discovering new things about the group about david about his handler about his wife back home and how they're doing and dealing with it there's a whole yeah i felt like when i was when i was playing i think the string that i kind of like was following was basically trying to do david's like uh investigation for him right it's like i didn't give a crap about his personal life at all which is why i missed out on so much <laughs> see i cared I a lot like... about his wife and kid back home because i'm thinking to myself like <laughs> she... i did not <laughs> emma seemed like a, a a cool cat and his daughter was awesome and i'm just like these this poor family like their husband having to leave <laughs> and and do what the, he's got to do to protect his country turns yeah, out he's just a there, bad like, guy i'm i'm totally identifying with his boss being like <laughs> why haven't you solved this case yet i'm like i'm sorry i'm getting right on it like i'm trying my best i will well, that's solve the this video case. game nature of you because it's because <laughs> that's the thing like what's the point of this game and the the point there's no point in the game because i don't think you i at least haven't really discovered why karen who is this uh this fbi agent um why she's she's doing what she's doing to find she probably just wants to know the truth like that's literally why she's doing it yeah because david david was her partner they had mm -hmm. worked together she was then his handler like yeah they were they were very close not i don't think romantically close i think she just was trying to figure out what the hell mm -hmm. happened to her partner because the big kind of climax of the game and like i alluded to the event and the and the final um, piece of footage basically david seems to have gone nuts mm -hmm. and he decides to follow through with the plan that even the eco terrorist group decided was too far and he yeah. actually like you know you've gone nuts when you're going further than the than the terrorist groups would go uh, when yeah. they're saying whoa dude that's a little too far then yeah maybe well, that's the, a sign none of the from what i've seen none of the groups he's interacting with agreed with what he was proposing so i think his handlers you i never really discovered this but maybe his handlers at the fbi were saying like okay quote unquote there are weapons of mass destruction connected to this group we need you to infiltrate and push so that you can get past sort of the you know the the sign they holders basically get higher yeah up. they basically had to yeah they basically had to like plan a terrorist act and you know catch them in the act of doing that and so david was pushing this like big plan because he was like oh hey yeah you know we have to go do this we have to you know go big or go home sort of thing like you guys are supposed to be the badasses but you seem like a bunch of you know not badasses <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and uh yeah so he he basically like kind of pushes them to do this plan and they're like no no it's it's too much it's too far like that's not the kind of thing that we do or like it's not that it was too much or too far i think in the end they decided that it just like it wasn't like safe and they had to like call it off and he yeah. was like but no like he got really into the cause and then had to like go and do it himself because in the end he had gone totally crazy and because i think everyone basically had left him he he wasn't able to see his daughter um and yeah like he just he went totally nuts so he was like I'm going to go through with this and like make a better world for my kids sort of crazy man mentality. And then actually goes and blows up the bridge, which was essentially to, I can't remember if it was like a, was a logging delay. operation or a mine or something, but it was, it was like, pipeline. there was like one, 
a pipeline. That's mm -hmm. it. I was like, there was one route through this area that went across this bridge, across this river. So the plan that he was trying to get the terrorist group to go through with was blowing up this bridge in order to stop the, the construction. And uh, yeah, so they end up saying no, and he ends up going through with it anyways. And then so you as Karen, the FBI, NSA, whatever agent, um, decides to seems like she steals all the footage and we don't really know why she can't just go through the footage like at her FBI office, like a normal FBI agent or whatever. Well, but I think it's because the, yeah, the that's footage the, that's the event that kicks off her actions. Yeah. Like the footage isn't on an FBI server. It's using, they, they sell it as like, this is a, an NSA tool that's captured all yes, of this yeah. content. Right. And you're right. Like I think for me, when I discovered the ending, it cemented the fact that you're right. This this guy is not a great guy to begin with. Uh, he loves his kids. Um, doesn't really love his partners <laughs> very much. But yeah, loves his kids. because he doesn't only like end up cheating on his wife with the the woman that he's supposed to be undercover with, but then also cheats on the woman that he's undercover with with a call girl. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just like. He is all over the map. <laughs> yeah, and there's some shit that happens with uh, the it's like it's a girl that's basically camming, and there's stuff stuff that goes down there. And I think yeah, I discovered sorry, the cam beginning. Girl, not call girl. My yeah, bad. like I discovered the beginning of the cam girl stuff, and then I discovered the end, which is essentially her shooting him. Like he goes to her place, and he's like, "You got to delete all the footage," which I'm guessing he probably confessed a bunch of stuff to her, and she's like, "Hey." I could blackmail you for more tips or yeah, whatever. She never, yeah, she basically never said that she was going to blackmail him, mm -hmm. but she, he, he like way crossed the line because I watched all the cam girl footage like right. backwards. Like I got to the final thing and he's shot at the end and he's like, oh yeah, insert cam girl's name here. I bet you think you were so smart, like shooting me or whatever. And I was like, he got shot. What? Yeah. <laughs> so I went back looking for like shooting and found the, the end, the very last piece of camera footage. And then mm -hmm. I followed that trail backwards. And uh, basically with the cam girl, he just like way super crossed the line and went like super internet stalker creepy. Right. And then because he was also an FBI agent, he was actually able to track her down. So she in like the, I guess, second last or third last um, piece of footage I found with her, like she basically like snapped at him. She's like, I don't know whether I believe you or don't believe you, but like all the stuff that you've been saying and doing in our sessions, like it's all recorded. So like, screw you. If anything happens to me, like people are going to know where to look, blah, 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 blah. Right. And then so that's why he went to her is he was like, oh, my God, like I didn't know our sessions were recorded. Like I need that footage back. I'm I'm a federal agent, blah, 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 blah. Like this because she was basically like. He's got to be talking out of his ass. Like, no yeah. one's life is actually this. Yeah. <laughs> and then it out. turned out to be true. So then he, yeah, he went to confront her and she shot him. Okay, that makes a lot more sense to me. I think, I think where this game goes, like, we talk about the journey. The journey of the discovery is really, really cool. And then, the, and then when you get to the endings, and before we recorded, I was, you know, moving back and forth. I think I had, like, 30 clips left to collect. And then I was thinking to myself, like, you know what, like, we're going to talk about it on the show. I put nine hours into it. I don't know if I can sit at a screen and and scrub through footage for another hour. Or and two. you did. Yeah, you did so much more than me because I think I played it right before a Gamers In episode on mm. like the day it came out. And I think I played for maybe like four hours and that was it. So, 
Yeah. You watched way more footage than I did. And I enjoyed it. No, don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoyed it. I thought, like, the clips I saw and the story I experienced was really cool. I saw a lot more of, like, the, you know, Emma, Alba stuff and the Ava star stuff. And then not not so much, not a lot, like, of the camp stuff. Sort of, again, the beginning and the end because I wasn't right. They're long clips. So that's yeah. something we talked about on the previous Gamers In. And, I mean, if, if you're a new listener and you didn't listen to the Telling Lies episode back in August... Um, where we talked about the core concepts of the game, the rewinding is really tough. Like if you find a clip that's eight minutes long and the keyword you got is at the six minute mark, you're just like, oh man, I don't, I kind of want to experience the whole clip, but I don't want to sit there rewinding and then having to watch it again forward. So I think some of those, those cam ones are long. So I didn't end up going all the way back, but, uh, I looked, we looked up the endings. I, I watched the endings before we were recording and I was like, man, it really is about the journey because the endings are kind of <laughs> laughable. Yeah, like the epilogues are so bad. Yeah, like I, I would literally start laughing and you'd be like, oh, what's so funny? It's like, I'm watching these epilogues and they're just, they're terrible. Um, I think my favorite one was the one I got, which was uh, uh, the Ava star one. So essentially the way it works is you get the epilogue, you get, everyone gets the same ending. So you watch that final clip it, uh, I think it's based on progress, but it, d- depending on which clips you find, it progresses the time. And then you get to like 507 and it's like, oh, I got to upload this. So when you upload yeah, it. Yeah, so that's why you said that you could decide to upload whenever, but I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I got interrupted. Like I hit, so I guess I must have hit on some of the like big moments or something that like pushed my time way forward. But like I, cause I went and looked at the achievements after the fact and I was like, how are you even supposed to get these? Because like my time, like I was getting like warnings, like, okay, you're going to have to go. You're going to be running out of time. Like you have to start your upload. And um, yeah. So then I I decided to do the upload thing right before it hit, like I think 6am or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, but I, I only like, I think I ended up with like maybe like 40% progress total. Yeah. Like I I didn't do very well at all and I was like, "Oh man, like how would you ever try to do this in one playthrough? Like is that even possible?" Well, I I think I discovered the final clip very late because there's a moment where you you hear his name, David, but you don't hear his you hear his last name. But you hear his alias. You don't hear his real last name until, like, in my experience, until very later on in in my clip mm-hmm. searching. And then when I found that and I searched it, sure enough, that was the the final clip but i think really to understand the ending or appreciate the ending you need the last clip and the second last clip um the second last clip basically being him conf- confessing and saying he's going to do something to make it right and then the last clip being him doing the act and i don't know uh here's another pro- problem outside of the epilogues being really bad and being kind of like pie in the sky like we're doing fine david was an asshole uh but we're doing great (laughs) and then it goes into the future like if so again like depending on how many clips you get of a specific character that's how it determines the epilogue it it gives you yeah i only got the cam girl one (laughs) yeah and and you might not so the cam girl one didn't give a crap about the poor wife (laughs) but the cam girl you were all over yeah but the cam girl oh yeah i could watch her all day i mean you know she's and the actress that plays her is fantastic solid french accent so the first clips you find of the cam girl she's putting on this french accent and i'm like man this is a great French actress. And then it turns out she's just another American. Like she's got all these, she's just got all these personalities that she does. 
Um, so she's really good. All the all the acting in this is fantastic. I thought even the kid, even the kids. I yeah. mean, maybe I, the kids were not as great as the adults, but the kids were really good. Um, there's really only one. It's just Alba, and she's fantastic. But um, yeah, the ending for the cam girl was like, I sold my two apartments. I thought about getting into real estate again, but fuck that. I just started a camming agency in New yeah. York. And I'm like, what? And then it kind of goes forward. It's like, at 40, I still do the camming stuff, and it's okay. But then I become an author, and I use my real name. And then at 84, I die. And in my obituary, I, I write really good, you know, murder mysteries. I'm like, what? This has nothing to do with the story. The, the, yeah. the whole point of the story is basically that David is a is a bad guy with with problems and then he's put in these situations that make those problems sort of magnify right yeah you get a bit of his history and you understand oh he's this person who who's got some deep-seated issues and then they're like i said they're amplified by him being put in this situation and his handlers are like what the fuck david like what are you doing and he just gets super paranoid and flies off the handle and decides to yeah blow himself up and he thinks I hope people like me for this. And then all the epilogues are like, we didn't watch David's video. And I think Ava even says like, oh, I like to believe that when David blew himself up, uh, he removed himself from the future and the past. And I'm like, woof, she did <laughs> not like him. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, it, at the end of the day, the, the journey is is what it's about. And um it's definitely a game you can't play twice. Like it's the same like her the same as her story. Like once you've experienced it, it's you're pretty much done. So I knew when I watched well, the Well that's the thing. Was... Like I kind of feel like I might want to go back now, now that I'm a little bit removed from the game. I might want to go back and give it another try just because it's the sort of thing where I know I didn't see a whole lot of it, that maybe there's other pieces to that story. Like even as you're like saying the names of the different characters, like I can't remember who's who. Other than, you know, David, because I was so just engrossed in solving this eco-terrorist case that, like, that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I really focused on. So I feel like I missed a lot of the, like, more emotional side of things and the breakdowns of his relationships and stuff. Because I didn't even pay much attention to his relationship with the eco-terrorist chick. Like, I very much was like, I found out, like... The name of the organization, the name of the pipeline, like the I was like the name of the of the person at the head of the organization. And that's what I was searching for. Like once he got his in with that chick, I was just like, OK, whatever. Yeah, she doesn't matter anymore. Like we're in. So, you know, let's go. <laughs> let's mm -hmm. find what we can. So even then, I feel like I um, very much went down like the like I said, the investigative route. And I probably, well, I know I missed a lot of the emotional beats in in the game. Right. So now that I'm a little bit more removed and I can't really remember absolutely everything, then, you know, maybe I actually could get a lot out of a second playthrough. Um, yeah. But because like I say, I'm, I did miss a lot of stuff. There's there's a lot of achievements that I just did not get. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't got the solitaire achievement. I'm thinking about going back to that because I dig a good digital solitaire game. Um, Which is really funny because I definitely got that achievement. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I tried to. I didn't even know it was one. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to. And then there's another achievement for I'll just say like when the cat jumps on the keyboard. Just oh yeah it. i got that one too yeah yep. that's a good one um uh, but no i i think yeah you're right like if you haven't experienced a good portion of the journey specifically the emotional stuff because there is a lot there 
um, outside of just David slowly going insane. Um, it's, I think to me, it's just, there's that, there's the disconnect near the end where he does go crazy. And I think there's still some gaps there where he, he's not progressing. Like, I think he gets, he, he gets, uh, pulled out, uh, from his, uh, undercover work and that sort of upends all of his relationships but yeah yeah i i think uh it's it's yeah a great he gets game. extracted at one point and i mm-hmm. think that's kind of like when he's extracted then everything kind of falls apart and everybody realizes like who he is his wife kind of finds out about the pregnant thing and the the pregnant girl finds out that you know he isn't everything that he said he was and you know all the rest of it and so like all his relationships go up in smoke which I then think is why he went so all in on the cam girl who then got creeped out and was like, I'm going to use your recordings against you. And he was like, oh, crap. So, you know, like it's definitely an interesting story and, and kind of a, an interesting spiral. And and I don't know. I yeah, there's a lot to this game. And I think it, I think it was real. I think it was good. And again, I'm so far removed now that I can't even remember if I liked or disliked it when I played it back in the summer. I think I liked it. I think you did like it. I think, <laughs> I you think liked I did. It. Yeah. And Except I like some too. of the mechanical issues, like like you mentioned, the moving yeah. through the video clips and stuff like some of the mechanics of the game were a little bit janky, but the That's story the... was interesting and the acting was well done. So I, it was worth it, I think. Yeah. That's the one mechanic that's that's truly um, terrible is just the the scrubbing of the video. There's nothing else in in, in terms of uh, the 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 gameplay that really jumped out at me. I like the bookmarking system. I love that you don't have to type in words. You can just click them in the subtitles and search them that way. Scrubbing is is bad, and I get it. It's to kind of get you to experiment with other keywords to kind of find other earlier parts of the clip. But there should be a point in the game where I say once you hit the credits, it should allow you to just like skip to the beginning, right? Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I really, I liked it. It's a great journey. Uh, the endings stumbles a little bit, especially when you watch past the credits, but <laughs> I definitely recommend it. If if you made it this far and you're still interested, it's probably on sale all the time and, and it's worth just for just as a, a video game experiment it's worth checking out absolutely i completely agree with that so i think that's pretty much going to do it for us tonight on the show so if you'd like to send us your thoughts on telling lies or whatever else you happen to be playing or any of the news stories that we've covered today you can either email the show at info at or you can hit us up on discord which is bit.ly slash tgi discord uh, you can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>